0: I think the biggest impact has been that my kids realize you don't have to get a job and go to work 40 hours a week to make money. You can absolutely make money doing something you love. My oldest is pursuing out her own graphic design business. She has a little bit going on while she's in college. And so it's just been fun to watch that entrepreneurial spirit take hold in my kids and be able to nurture that. And so just teach your kids to pursue something that they enjoy and give them the skills along the way. And by having your own business, you really can. It opens naturally, you
1: know. Welcome to the Capital Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Brinkley. Each week we hear from stay-at-home moms who earn at least $2,000 per month without having to miss out on any of the precious moments with their kids. Welcome back to another episode of the Capital Mom Podcast. I have been so excited to bring on today's guest, Lisa Tanner. Lisa is a homeschooling mom to 10 awesome kids. 10 awesome kids ranging in age from 19 to newborn. She's also a freelance writer, blogger, and virtual assistant earning about $3,200 a month working part time. She loves helping busy moms tame the chaos and learn how to balance diapers and deadlines as they start a home business of their own. Lisa, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I am just so, so happy to have you here because you really have the complete range of motherhood covered with your kids. So you have from 19 to newborn, but will you go ahead and tell us what all of the ages are? Sure. Our
0: oldest is 19 and we actually just took her to college for summer work. So Ah, okay. And then our next one is 15 and then 12, 2. And our little guy will be three months here in a few days. So.
1: Oh my goodness. I love it. I was reading about your story a little bit more on your website and through the course that you offer. And I just want you to go back to the early days and tell us about your journey to becoming a stay-at-home mom. What did you do before you became a stay-at-home mom and how did you decide that that was going to be your path?
0: Well, prior to staying home with the kiddos, I was a teacher. Teaching is what I had always wanted to do as a kid, and so it was fun to do it for a few years, but eventually the cost of childcare kind of outweighed what I was bringing home and it didn't make any sense to keep going to work and paying extra money for someone else to watch my kids. So my husband and I made the decision that I would stay home with them, and he would keep working. And so I left teaching in 2012. And it has been a fun few years since then. But we made it on one income, okay, for a few years. But as we kept growing the family, we really were feeling the budget pinch. So we had talked about me going back to work. But at that point, I just loved being with the kids. And I couldn't imagine going back. So I started looking for ways to make money online and I stumbled into freelance writing and I decided to launch a business in
1: July of 2015. and I've been making money from home ever since. That is amazing. And you talk about in part of your story about taking baby steps into the future that you were dreaming of. And You know, it wasn't like you got into the online business or you made your online business and it just blew up overnight. It was really baby steps. So, can you tell us about kind of like those early days when you were starting? Did you have a lot of times where you were like, should I even be doing this? Is this going to pay off in the end? How did you get through
0: that? Oh, I had several moments like that. And there are times when I still feel like an imposter, like someone's going to realize I can't actually write and they're going to tell me I'm awful. (laughs) And it just, If we allow fear to paralyze us, our imagination can be our worst enemy and we can have all sorts of conversations in our head that never come to pass. And so learning to control my imagination was one of the hardest steps that I had to take, but it was a necessary one because I realized that I would dread sending a pitch to try and get work because I I just knew they were going to hate it and they were going to hate me. I just wanted to take everything so personally. And so learning to separate the business from myself was a big step. And so I just started, I made it a goal when I first started to do one thing every day for my business. And so maybe it was sign up for a Facebook page or look at a job board and kind of get an idea. And maybe one day I would send a pitch and you know, just reading free how-to articles online and try and get a better idea of what even this was. And I found that at first, Making that commitment to do one thing, it felt huge. And some days it was literally just a little tiny thing that I did. But as I got in the habit of doing one thing for my business, soon I was like, hey, that wasn't so bad. I can do something else. And so you slowly start adding those little steps together. And by the time you look back on where you started and where you are now, it just is incredible how far just those baby steps can take you.
1: Yes, it is. And I was reading where you talked about. You know, and on this, it said four years ago, so it might have been a little bit longer now, but it said, back then life was hard, and you were staying home with the kids, your husband was working crazy hours to support the family, but now life looks nothing like it did back then, is what you wrote. And you said, we aren't nearly as strapped for cash, and we have flexible freedom like we never dreamed of that is such a wonderful um, testimony to how far that you've come. How do you feel knowing that you stuck with it? And now you're at this place where you guys are at with the freedom.
0: Oh, looking back, it makes all of the hard times worthwhile. I wanted to throw in the towel and quit so many times. And my husband or the kids would be like, you can do this. So I, I kept going. And as we paid off that last debt and we started to gain flexibility and my husband was able to step down from his job, just all of these things that came with sticking to it really made the sacrifice worthwhile. And it made, it made it more fun to be like, how else can I work on my business and grow? And so it really, it kind of snowballed everything. Just all of the positive really snowballed and helped me realize that I can do this and I am doing it.
1: Yes, that is so good. Well, I want you to tell us a little bit about what it is that you do on a day-to-day or week-to-week business now that you have, you know, a thriving business and you're earning really a full-time income with part-time hours. And you work about 20 hours a week typically. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So just kind of tell us what would a day-to-day work, you know, projects look like for you? Um, I have a couple of different clients. Some are writing based and
0: some are virtual assistant. And then I have some coaching clients. So a typical week, I would do a couple of days on writing. I have a little bit of VA work that I do daily, Monday through Friday. It doesn't take too long, but it is part of my routine. And then I fit, you know, the coaching calls are when they're scheduled and whatnot. So I have four times during the day that I try and work. The first one is early morning. And that one honestly doesn't always happen. My kids are fairly light sleepers. And so if I'm up, it's only a matter of time before somebody comes downstairs or, Mom, what you doing? So (laughs) I don't count on that when I try and work on my business then. So writing my blog posts or learning, doing courses, things like that. Then I work during what I call family writing time. It's when everyone in the family sits down and works quietly on a project for 30 minutes. And then at the end of it, we all share what we did. And even my toddler loves being able to show off his coloring page or, you know, the box that he scribbled in. And so that. that time to connect by sharing what we did, it really motivates everyone to keep going and it's only half an hour. So it's a, a good way to grow the business and it's, you know, two and a half hours a week. You don't think half an hour is much, but when you add it up and the cumulative really pays off. All right. And then I work during quiet time in our house. That's a non-negotiable time of day because we're homeschooling and we're all together all day long. And we just need a break from each other. And so quiet time, everyone goes and does their own thing. They don't have to worry about little siblings, you know, messing their stuff up because they're taking naps. And it's just a wonderful time of day to get stuff done and plow through my to-do list. And then because we put the kids to bed fairly early by about 7:30, I have a couple of hours in the evening to work. And that's when I do my heavy focus work where I don't want to be interrupted. A lot of things you can do when your kids are awake and you might be, you know, distracted a little bit, you can do writing and you can do some other projects, but if there's any data entry or really hardcore focused stuff, you don't want to do that during the day usually. So separating it out has really helped me know, is this a task to do during the day or should I save it for night?
1: Yeah. Well, I love that you have those four times and it sounds like you guys have a pretty, um, you know, solid routine in place. And it sounds like that's really a key to being productive and managing your business time. You also talk on your website a lot about incorporating the kids into your business. And that's an idea that I love, because growing up, you know, my mom stayed at home with us, but she didn't work in any, I mean, she worked, obviously, not earning an income. And dad went to work, but it wasn't really like we ever knew what he did. We knew he'd worked on computers, but we didn't get to kind of be a part of that. Talk to us about how important it has been and I guess the impact you've seen it make in your kids' lives that they have gotten to, you know, witness you earning this income and building this business. I think
0: the biggest impact has been that my kids realize you don't have to get a job and go to work 40 hours a week to make money. You can absolutely make money doing something you love. My oldest is pursuing out her own graphic design business. She has a little bit going on while she's in college. And so it's just been fun to watch that entrepreneurial spirit take hold in my kids and be able to nurture that. So to get them on board, we, I always use the vocabulary of the language. So my kids know what a pitch is and they know, you know, I have clients. And when I sit down at the computer, I'm actually working on writing a blog post or something. I'm not just goofing off and just bringing them on board with me. So for my little guys, it might be, Hey, do you like this picture? And I'm making a pin. I've had them use my phone and take pictures. Even if I don't end up using them on my post, I'm like, I'm writing about this. Can you go take some pictures that might work as they get a little older, and. I have, my oldest daughter is good at proofreading. So I send her now blog posts for clients and I'm like, proof this for me. And I pay her because she saves me money and time. So offering your kids payment as they get older and more qualified to do it really helps motivate them to be like, oh, I can get money. And so just use age appropriate tasks. You know, I'm not going to have my eight-year-old proofread my blog posts, but (laughs) you can just, Find things that they enjoy, even if you don't use what they create, help them to grow, point out some good parts of it. I always focus on the positive instead of being like, oh, that's awful. Um, And so just teach your kids to pursue something that they enjoy and give them the skills along the way. And by having your own business, you really can. It opens naturally. You know, maybe you need help with bookkeeping and one of your kids is really strong at math or maybe, you know, the photography or the editing, there are just so many different, like, things that come together for a home business.
1: That's good. I like that. I like that idea of incorporating in their strengths, you know, like you even said, maybe if they're good at math and help, let them help with bookkeeping. And these are really life skills that you're teaching them. And they're really going to be able to take these things with them into adulthood, you know, and I, I love that. How did you decide you know how much to charge and how did you initially start finding clients and jobs for your business?
0: My very first client I found on a job board and I got paid $20 to write a 1500 word post. And looking back at just see I'm like I did that for how much? <laughs> but at the time I was thrilled because I was getting paid to write. And so I would say don't be afraid to take low paying gigs at first to build your confidence. They're going to take you a little longer and they're not something you want to do forever. But if you're really struggling with the idea of your skill set or struggling with that imposter syndrome, getting paid a little bit of money can really help encourage you and it can open your eyes to the possibility, especially if you get fairly positive feedback and that just grows. And so deciding on rates, it took a while. I struggled charging more than a couple cents a word for a long time. And now I have a minimum of 10 to 12 cents a word, depending on the niche. And I don't go below that. And if somebody offers me less than that, there was a time when I would have taken it because I was desperate for work. And I totally understand if you have to do that. So I'm not saying never do it, but At this point, I'm thankful that I don't have to. I can say, you know what? No, it's not worth my time. And so set a rate that is worthwhile to make it, because you're not with your kids and you're not doing other things with your life when you're working on your business. And if you're spending all day working to try and earn, you know, $50 or a little tiny amount, it's it's not sustainable because everything is going to pile up around you and there's not, you're like not earning enough to make it push you forward. And so- start small, but go up from there fairly quickly.
1: Okay, that's great advice. Yeah, because I think in the beginning, it is hard because you're thinking like, wow, I have no idea, especially if you go from where you have worked for other people, and you're just to okay, here's your hourly rate, or here's your salary, and that's it. There's no negotiating about it. When you go from that to setting your own rates, it can be very hard to know how much to charge. But I do like that idea of you know, raising your rates as you go, as you feel more confident, and as you gain more experience. I also wanted to ask you, what types of skills or personality traits are good for someone who wants to get into freelance writing and virtual assisting work?
0: If you want to get into writing, you need to like writing. You can do it if you hate writing, but it's going to be dreadful. And you don't want to spend hours of your life doing something you hate. So have an enjoyment about writing. And what I learned, I used to, when I was in school, I did not think of myself as a writer. My mom and my older sister are very good fiction writers, and I just never could. And so I always believed that I was a bad writer because of that. But as I realized that there were different types of writing, and I found that blog posts were something I really enjoyed writing, and I was good at it. Don't narrow yourself down. If you think you're not good at something, try it and see, because you never know. Maybe, you know, if you don't like blog posts, try white papers or something scientific. Maybe that's, you know, the type that you're going to succeed at. You really need to be self-motivated. You aren't going to have a boss looking over your shoulder saying, do this, do this, do this. And as a freelance writer, your reputation is partly tied to your ability to meet deadlines. And if you're always late or turning in sloppy work because you slapped it together at the last minute, Word's going to get around. And so don't take on more work than you have time for, which means you might only be able to do a little tiny bit at first until you maximize your time and get some better time management skills in place and then grow slowly. But yes, have the ability to not beat yourself up over mistakes. And that is something you will learn along the way. But if you do that, I'm afraid that your business side will just be miserable for you because everything. Every correction or criticism, you'll just internalize and that can be a bad spot. So be able to take
1: criticism and learn from it, but not dwell on it. That's that is great advice. And did you have times where you had to learn how to overcome that with, you know, criticism and feedback? And how did you what were some of the things you did to overcome that? Yes, I
0: This is an area I struggled so much with at first, and I still do, honestly, sometimes having somebody you can talk to in real life about it helps and learning whose advice and input you really should give heed heed to matters to some random comment on Facebook or a blog post that person doesn't know you most likely, you're never going to see them again. And they're just being ornery and, you know, making noise online. And so I don't need to listen and internalize those people's thoughts about me. I can just ignore them. If it's somebody I really know and, you know, I feel like they do have the ability to make a comment that I should listen to, then, you know, it's something I will definitely think more on and give it more importance in my life. And so just being able to weed out the voices that don't actually matter. That's good.
1: And also, I wanted to ask you about the initial investment. So for someone who wants to start out with writing or and or virtual assisting work, what equipment would they need? I mean, obviously a computer or something to write on, but what other equipment do you need to get started? And also, when you're first starting out, do you need to have your business set up? At that point, or can you wait and set it up a little bit later on once you figure out if you're going to continue to do it? What What are your recommendations on that?
0: I recommend starting small. I did get a business license here in Washington right away just because I wanted. I I felt like I needed to do that to make it official in my mind, and so I got my. It was like a twenty five dollar business license, but I started with just a computer and we had slow satellite internet. It was awful. And that's how I got started. I didn't have a website. I had a blog on a blogger site, but I didn't have anything fancy. We didn't have money to invest in courses at the time. And so I just learned everything I could by reading free resources online and through trial and error. Eventually for my VA business, I did need a headset for one client and it's since gotten lost or something. I have no idea, but I don't need it anymore for the client. So you might have, you know, things that you need to buy that makes sense for a certain client or whatnot. Or you might decide to invest in a software to make things easier, but a Gmail account that isn't like, hey, baby 314 or something like that, you know, just a professional sounding email address, free Gmail one's fine. And just willingness to put in the time. And then you
1: can earn money to pay for whatever else you need down the road. That's good. I know when I am right now, as I'm starting out, I'm in that same boat of like, It's not that I have extra money to just go and invest into something new. So really having to, you know, piece it together here in the beginning and then think about, okay, as I earn, then I can pour more resources into this. I also just want you to talk about what you guys are doing now because your husband has been able to leave his job. Is that right? And and your income is providing for the whole family. Is that still the case? Oh,
0: sort of. We are actually missionaries with Baptist Midmissions. missions and we are moving next week down to Missouri to work at a place called Missionary Acres, and that will be my husband's full-time job. It's a community where retired pastors and missionaries who don't have the financial means to support themselves can go and live very inexpensively. And so we are self-funding half of our support, and then we've raised the other half through deputation. And so we're excited for this next chapter of life. Yes, that's very exciting. And are your kids excited to go as well? Oh, they are. They're thrilled. They're going to have a lot of um, grandparents around. <laughs> the residents are
1: all excited. That's awesome. And then you said your oldest daughter is off to college. So how is that? I mean, you still have a lot of kids at home, but that's your first baby. How, how are you dealing with that transition? It's been hard,
0: but I am so thankful that she's able to go and she's at a college where she can work and not graduate with a ton of debt. So I'm super excited about that. And just her future is bright. And so it's hard to dwell on the sadness when there's so much good. Yes, that is
1: awesome. And then you have your little two-month-old. How is everything going? Is um, everybody thriving? Were you able to just continue working? Did you have to take some time off? This pregnancy ended up a
0: little differently. I had previa and ended up with my first C-section. And so I was in the hospital for a couple of days and then on bed rest for several weeks during this pregnancy. And the good news is I work from anywhere. And so I brought my laptop with me. I know my clients would have absolutely given me time off, but I needed something to keep my brain from going crazy. If I sat and dwelt on everything, it wouldn't have been good. So having the work was wonderful. And then I took a couple of weeks off after he was born and enjoyed. And now I'm back to just doing the work. Back in your
1: routine and back at it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I want you to tell the listeners a little bit about what you offer is your services. And then tell us how we can get in touch with you beyond the podcast.
0: I have a course called Balancing Diapers and Deadlines, and it's kind of a time management system in a box, I guess you could call it. I walk through how to just set that foundation so you have a strong foundation in place to build on. Because if you don't have a time management foundation and you try and throw a business into the loop, everything's going to crumble down. And so I want you to be successful in taking those next steps to have a business. So we walk through just basic time management and getting your kids involved with your business and freeing up time I also have a book on family writing time and that kind of dives into the bolts of that period of time each day. I'm excited for it. My kids now if we forget, which is wonderful. And so there's an ebook that you can get about that. And I have some coaching if you really need one-on-one help with, you know, getting your business figured out. <laughs> and you. my my website is Lisa There's a contact page there if you want to get a hold of me. I'm also on Pinterest and Facebook.
1: All right, and we will be linking to all of that in the show notes. I have really enjoyed talking to you about this today, Lisa, and I'm just excited to hear about where your life is headed now with your move. And I will be sure to, you know, follow along and keep updated with you. So thank you for being here today. Well, thanks for having me. The goal of this podcast is to inspire and encourage as many moms as possible to design their lives in a way that allows them to have freedom and flexibility to spend as much time with their kids as possible and earn the income they need for their families. You can help me reach more moms by subscribing to, reviewing, and sharing the podcast. I love connecting with my listeners, so reach out and leave a review. If you have an idea for someone who should be a guest on the show, or you would like me to find a guest in a specific field, let me know. I'm here to serve you. Join me next week for another episode of the Capital Mom Podcast.